It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. Break it all down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome back to the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. It is hour number two on this Wednesday afternoon. Robin Ed hanging with you, joining us in studio, Franklin County Commissioner Brad Peck. Good afternoon to you, sir. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks for the invite. I brought my mask. Where's yours? Right here. Perfect. Right Good here job. underneath yeah. the chin so that uh, I can still talk on the microphone and Fabulous. You know, all those wonderful things. Because we know, we've, I think we saw firsthand the other day uh, how difficult it is to get your message across while you're wearing a mask and trying to talk into a microphone. But that, <laughs> we'll just let that with the rest of that go. However... Um, Earlier today, there was a press conference in the lobby of the Three Rivers Convention Center. Um, representatives from local government, from the cities, from the counties, uh, from the health district, also law enforcement. And we also got um, some information from the health systems, which seemed to be a little bit different than what the governor was saying when he was here yesterday uh, about our ICU capacity in the Tri-Cities. We know it is increasing, but we know there's more than one bed available. Um Talk to us a little bit about how this came about and what the what the onus for as many different representatives to speak today is what we saw. Well, I think what you saw today was a, a unified effort by local elected leaders to uh, communicate openly to the public that we're all in this together and that we're all on the same page. When I say all, I mean the elected officials and that, um, you know, the counties are uh, in sync. You know, Benton County is not pursuing a different objective and outcome than, say, Franklin County, and the same between the cities. And that uh, collectively we, we speak, I think, with a much more credible voice than individual voices. And I think that was really the sort of the background for the effort today. Um, we know that now we're at a point testing is increasing. Um, we haven't really seen a lot of that data yet as a lot of it comes in anywhere between six to ten days after the first run. So I don't know if we've actually even seen the first full day of drive-through testing reported as of yet. We may have one or two days at the most. Um, what do you expect to see now that we've got the National Guard, we've got the ramped-up testing, and are you expecting to see, um, and I'm trying to phrase it in the best way possible, because we know that necessarily increased cases doesn't necessarily tell the story because we're going to have increased testing. I'm looking more at the percentage, which where we're sitting right now is about 22% of those tested are positive. Mm -hmm. Are you looking to see that percentage increase, or are you looking to see that percentage decrease with the increased testing we're seeing? Well, it sounds like two questions. Uh, The first one, what would I like to see? I want to see the number go to zero, obviously. Uh, I think the implied question is, you know, what, what do I expect will be the outcome of that testing? And I would point out that there's this this notion, I don't even know if it's real or if it's just in my head, but it's the concept of small numbers math. And in statistics, when you're dealing with very small sample sizes, you don't have statistical significance. And uh, in the case of testing, I think we need to be extremely careful, uh, given that unless we're analyzing the specific populations that we're testing. You know, you can test 100 people today and 100 people tomorrow from two different populations, and one of them can be 50% positive and the other could be 2% positive. 
and neither one of them tells us the true story about what's happening. So it's not only important how many tests you do, but, you know, whom, who, who are you testing? So I, I wouldn't put too much stock in those numbers except that. Here's the caveat. If you have a protracted period of testing and you're using the same methodologies and attracting the same general population, then eventually over time you can begin to see something that is a, a more reasonable representation. But I caution people not to put too much stock in those numbers because they have been changing all over the map for 90 days and they're going to continue to change. We're talking to Franklin County Commissioner Brad Peck here on the bottom line. Uh, Commissioner Peck, uh, I don't think I need to tell you this. I'm sure you get plenty of phone calls and emails in your capacity, but... Just a few. Yeah, people, I, I, I think it's safe to say, I'm not going out on a limb here, that people in general in the Bi-County area have run the gamut of emotions. Angry, um, upset, sad, uh, exasperated, you know, everything. You know, being locked down for three months, come out of it, and then being told you need to wear a mask and it's restriction, restriction, restriction after another. And yet here we are, we're still in phase one. After all, after, in many people's view, after all we've done, we're still in phase one. Um, and I know that a lot of people were looking and hoping that the governor would give us something, uh, you know, any kind of positive news because it's been pretty few and far between. Um, can you offer any any positive notion of any kind? I mean, I I, I know it's it sounds like a joke, but I no, I no, think that I, a lot of people I don't um, think, can I don't use think can use something yeah. sure uh, to hang their hat on and and you know it, again it, you, I thought it was great that all the electeds uh, got together, all the the community leaders got together, a united front. That was really good to see. Mm -hmm. Well, but, as good as as good as I as today was, I think yesterday was far better. And let me let me tell you why. Okay, you, you had mayors from the cities. You had uh, uh, Commissioner Delvin from Benton County and myself representing Franklin County, and uh, we had representatives from the medical community from the three major medical institutions. And you know, we had ninety minutes face to face with the governor. I say face to face. If it weren't for social distancing, you know, I could have told you if he was wearing contacts. We were we were close, and it was very eyeball to eyeball, direct, sincere conversation. And um, you know, set aside any any policy or political differences that I or anyone else may or may not have with the governor. Um, I came away from the meeting um, in terms of my perceptions, the shifts that I experienced. Is one, uh, I believe the governor was more genuine than perhaps people have given him credit for. And, you know, us coming from a conservative Republican. Um, and so I, I think he's genuine. Uh, I'm convinced that he is using the data, the numbers, to guide his, his decision-making. Uh, he was very clear and candid about the fact that our numbers are going the wrong way and how difficult as a leader it is. And he's kind of calling us out politely, saying, you're all leaders, too. Put yourself in my shoes. He didn't say those words, but that was the message. You know, um, you're charged with trying to protect public health. The numbers are rapidly going the wrong way. And so you want us to open things up and create more contact and exposure between people. And, you know, to that extent, it was he had a, a pretty darn good point, actually. And uh, he went on to say he didn't think it was, uh, uh, well, that's not how he put it. He said there are some that have suggested, 
that some of his motivations might be political. He said that's absolutely not the case. Uh, in fact, uh, <clears throat> he said, you know, from a political standpoint, it would probably be to my, my favor to get things opened up. People would be a lot happier with me. So he said, it's not politics, it's the data. And on that point, I think it's hard to disagree with him. As we got toward the end of the 90 minutes, I maybe it was a little bit of a Hail Mary, I don't know, but I, I asked him, and this was in a group setting, uh, Governor, you know, uh, understand you're working on the numbers. Numbers are going the wrong way. You can't open. You want us to get our numbers down before you'll open. But understand, and I, I pointed out that other people in the group had already said uh, to the governor in this meeting, uh, look, there are there are people who are enduring uh, great stress, sometimes with tragic outcomes. There's an increase in domestic violence. There are businesses that are going under. Don't think that this is a choice between um, opening things up and not opening things up. And if you don't open things up, that, that that's just a delay and that there aren't consequences to that. There are. Uh, the consequence is that we continue to have more mental health issues, more DVs, more other things, and businesses failing. And, and I have to say, to his credit, I think he, he took it seriously. So I, I propose that we um, that he allow us to move to a 1.5 with all the kinds of things that we've been talking about, uh, which was some retail openings, some restaurant opening, hair salons, a few other things. We'd kind of mapped out a package. And I said, Governor, why don't you do this? Why don't you give it four weeks, let us prove to you that we can bring these numbers down, and let us local officials be accountable for that outcome because local government typically in, in my view is more effective um, rather than running it out of Olympia but give us those four weeks and at the end of the four weeks if we haven't brought our numbers down then make it part of the deal that we automatically go back to phase one it gives our businesses and our community tremendous motivation to pitch in participate build teamwork and see if we can if we can bring those numbers down or at least flatten the numbers, right? Not flatten the curve, don't get confused. Just level out the numbers or have them declining. Give us four weeks to prove that we can do that. Uh, rather than waiting four weeks for us to do this while we continue to pay this price in the, in the not so easily seen consequences. And, uh, you know, he, he, didn't, he didn't accept it. He didn't agree to it. But, um, you know, I've been around a while, and I think I read that he was... Uh, he was taken by the concept and the idea, and he was willing to consider it. I talked with him briefly after the meeting. Um, he didn't speak to that particular point, but um, I, I think uh, I'm convinced that he came there to listen. Uh, I don't think he expected a proposal like that. Uh, I was uh, I was heartened and, and, frankly, a bit flattered that a number of the other electeds in the room all said, you know what, uh, that that might be something we ought to consider. So it wasn't just, you know, one little voice over in the corner. It was, it was all of us collectively endorsing the idea. So we'll see whether or not that that uh, bears fruit. But my personal view, and I I don't have, you know, this isn't inside baseball or anything, but my sense is that, uh, that the governor went away impressed with the unity, the commitment from the elected leaders to do whatever we can and to support getting numbers down and to support wearing masks and, and the group actually asked him to to mandate the the mask requirement which you saw come out of the health district today but that's different that's from the health district we actually asked the governor to issue that directive from olympia as well because as much as some people will say that masks don't work look at kitsap county with a similar size population running two three four 
positives a day compared to our numbers. Um, they've got a very high mask usage. At some point, the empirical evidence is, it can't be ignored. Going to take a time out here on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA joined in studio by Brad Peck, Franklin County Commissioner. We'll pick his brain a little bit more about some of the other issues uh, surrounding this. Back with more after this. The bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Bottom line, News Radio 16 KONA on your Wednesday afternoon. If you haven't got a hold of the guys at RoofMax yet, you should probably think about it. If you looked at your roof and you're thinking, huh, I don't know how much more it's got left to it, well, they'll be able to let you know not only that, but how much more life they could get out of your currently existing roof. It's a state-of-the-art technology developed at Battelle Laboratories and Ohio State University. RoofMax could give you 5, 10, maybe 15 more years to the life of your existing roof. They'll even tell you if you need to get a new roof. They'll come out and they'll let you know if there's some minor fixes that need to be made and if they can make those as well. Call RoofMax today. Come out and extend the life of your current roof. RoofMax, locally owned and operated. Joining us in studio, Franklin County Commissioner Brad Peck. and want to share an email with you from Jennifer from Kennewick. So you say wearing a mask is just one small thing they're asking us to do. That would be fine if they hadn't already asked our community back in March to shut down businesses and stay home for 14 days to flatten the curve. There are businesses closed and people out of work since March. The masks were the answer. Should have been implemented back then. Sure, say it was new. We were all learning, whatever. The bottom line is, uh, what is the end game of wearing masks? Until the positive cases come down, until there's a vaccine, until there's a cure forever? You said that this this would be over, but will it? We aren't allowing for herd immunity so that we can truly overcome this virus. And if social distancing and mask wearing are the answer, then why can't we open up with these new mandates? Well, Jennifer, I think that the, the last part is the fairest question, is if we are going to wear masks, then why can't we open up with the new mandates? I don't disagree with you in any way, shape, or form. As far as herd immunity, we don't know about that yet. That that's still debatable. Yeah, we don't I think. we don't know about that yet. We don't know enough about COVID nineteen to know if you've had it once that you won't get it again. We haven't had enough people go through enough, or we haven't had trials begin on people that have had it and move forward. We haven't done enough to even begin to say if herd immunity applies in this case. Um, but we will switch the next part of the question over to our guest. Yeah, because that, you know, we were talking, we touched on a little bit in the last break, Commissioner Peck, uh, that uh, we have already been through so much that now it just, it doesn't seem like there's an end in sight, uh, especially in Benton and Franklin County and Yakima too. I mean, Yakima's on, you know, they were in worse shape. They might even be in better shape than us now, I don't know. But uh, these three counties have been through a lot with the three-month lockdown, with high case counts, with the mask mandates, with being stuck in phase one and not being able to see a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So there's a lot of topics wrapped up in there. The first thing that comes to mind is why these three counties? And I'm sure somebody is doing it, but somebody should be at the state level, should be sitting back and looking at these three counties uh, uh, geographically, socioeconomically, physiologically. Is, is there some commonality that gives us a clue as to why these, these counties are struggling? And that might give us some insight into dealing with it. With respect to masks and how long we wear them, 
I think the better question is what's the alternative? If masks have been demonstrated to reduce the transmission and reduce the number of cases, clearly that's a positive. And if it's an exponential growth where one person who's infected is infecting two or more, obviously you can't afford that chain of events to happen because very quickly you overwhelm your whole population. And some would say, well, that's fine because that leads us to herd immunity. Except that we have a certain number of hospital beds and ICU beds. And this was the whole point early on of the flatten the curve notion was we, we aren't going to beat this thing overnight. Let's try and restrain the beast enough that it doesn't overwhelm our hospitals such that we have people dying at home because we can't get them a bed. So in the meeting with the governor yesterday, there was discussion from the health uh, professionals. And I want to be careful because I'm not speaking for them. But what I heard was that, um, you know, they're probably 10 percent of the people that are occupying ICU beds are COVID or COVID related. We actually have patients from outside the area that um, uh, I think it was Cadillac said they had 20 um, ICU beds, but they had capacity to expand that to 40 or maybe even 60. But somebody, uh, and I wish I could remember who it was and give them credit, but somebody very quickly and properly pointed out that it's not just numbers of beds, it's professional staff. And uh, if you think we'd be in a world of hurt without a number of beds, imagine where we'd be if we didn't have the medical professionals that more and more are properly being labeled as heroes, keeping people alive with this stuff. I think that's really the limiting factor. So to bring it all back full circle, how long do we wear masks? I think as long as it's making a real difference in reducing the amount of infection or at least keeping it in check such we don't overwhelm the hospitals because at the end of the day, that person who doesn't get the hospital bed or dies from it you know, could be your grandson, could be your grandmother. Well, I think one of the things, too, with masks, and, and that's something that we're hearing now that this push is going on about wearing masks back in March and April. Well, a lot of the information and, and when we think about wearing masks, we think about protecting ourselves. We don't think about protecting other people. And the information we were getting early was, well, a mask is going to prevent you from getting it. A mask will not stop you from getting COVID-19. But it wasn't looked at in the aspect of preventing you from giving it to someone else. It was only self-preservation and protection. And that's why people were talking about masks not necessarily working or not necessarily being a viable option. Now that we've seen that it does prevent you from spreading it, maybe doesn't prevent you from getting it. I mean, if somebody comes up and spits on your mask, that doesn't mean you might not get it. But if you spit in your own mask, you're not going to give it to somebody else. And that's where the mask discussion has evolved to, not from self-preservation and self-protection, but more community protection from you, not you from them. We're going to take a quick time out, come back with more of the bottom line, News Radio 610-K-O-N-A. You can reach us via email, like Rick and Kennewick did, and we will put Rick's question out to Franklin County Commissioner Brad Peck, our guest in studio, when we come back. You can also message us on Twitter, bottom line 610, and on our free app, available at Google Play and at the iTunes Store. More of the bottom line, News Radio 610-K-O-N-A. After this quick break.
Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line with Rob and Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA, CBD American Shaman across from the Grand Elevator in Kennewick. Hey, if you're looking for an extra pick-me-up in the morning, they've got a new all-natural product called CB Go that may as well, that may very well give you that added boost. If you're not a big fan of coffee and you want to get away from the energy drinks, try the all-natural CB Go, available now with brand-new nanotechnology that actually breaks down the hemp oil itself before, because it takes the human body quite a while to break down uh, hemp oil. The nanotechnology breaks it down so that it's absorbed faster in your body and actually begins to work a lot quicker. If you want the extra pick-me-up that's all natural, stop by CBD American Shaman on Kennewick on Clearwater Avenue in Kennewick, across from the Grain Elevator, and try CB Go today. Joining us in studio, Commissioner Brad Peck from Franklin County. And uh, our question, Commissioner Peck, from Rick in Kennewick, was interested in your thoughts on the uh, possible get-togethers in Columbia Park on July 5th and the rodeo going on in Basin City on the 3rd and the 4th. Um, calls definitely for people to gather uh, for events. Um, it seems like it's a little bit against what we're trying to talk about here and, and get people to do, unless, of course, they all wear masks. <laughs> well... Yeah, there's just so many ways I could approach this. Let me let me try and do this succinctly. Um, my family came to this country 150 years before the Declaration of Independence. I come from a, a very uh, uh, constitutionally focused and oriented family. Uh, even I believe that your rights and where other people's begin. And when I see people who are flaunting the Constitution as their credential to go and do as they please, regardless of the impact on others. I think that's uh, an unfortunate perspective, and that's what I see is happening with these events uh, in Basin City and in Columbia Park. Um, You know, folks, it's pretty clear how this thing gets transmitted. And if you're of the opinion that the only way out is to infect everybody and develop herd immunity— then okay, maybe your approach to these large gatherings makes sense. But every medical professional I've talked to, and I'm certainly not a physician or an epidemiologist or anything close to either one of those. So I put my trust in in those experts, and they tell me that uh, you know herd immunity is a long ways off, vaccines are a long ways off, and what we need to do right now is keep this thing from overwhelming society. And uh, Holding those kinds of events right now, as frustrated as everybody is, as much as they want to do it and as much as they want to celebrate, I just got to tell you, personal view, it's not for me. I think it's the wrong thing, and uh, I think that those communities will pay a price for it with infections. You know, one of the things that we have heard from from the very, very anti-mask-wearing group is the, the, cons- the quote, constitutional element. Um, I would suggest looking up Jacobson versus Massachusetts. It was a 1905 Supreme Court case that basically ruled that individual liberty is not absolute and that when it comes to individual liberty versus the public safety and public health and good of the greater community, that individual liberty is not absolute in that case. And so... 
that's been cited 197 times in court cases in the U.S. since that decision came down. And it is been thrown around a couple of times as far as challenges to mask laws and so on and so forth and some of these other things. Uh, I would suggest reading the decision that was, uh, I think it wasn't a majority decision, but it was, I think, seven to two uh, on the Supreme Court in 1905. Read the decision and you will see exactly where. Uh, the law sits on things like this when it comes to the good of uh, the greater good of public health in situations like this. And it goes beyond public health. It goes just covers a broad spectrum. We we never would have drafted people into the armed forces to go fight our wars, whether you agree with them or not. Mm-hmm. If individual liberty were absolute, no, nobody would have ever had to go to Canada. They just say, oh, I'm not going. So uh, society does have that. Uh, uh, that constraint or opportunity on individual liberty and and listen i'm i'm as is hardcore on the liberty issue as most people you're going to meet and and even i look at it and i say no there you you it can't be just a singular focus we was it's got to be some community interest at, at the heart of it this this thing is not going away and if if we all get our backs up and say i'm not going to do it uh, I predict you're going to see communities that adopt that attitude uh, show some really alarming numbers. So keep your eye on some of these communities where where these mass gatherings are happening, and let's let's see if if that maybe doesn't unfortunately prove itself out. Well, and I think the other thing that's fair to say in all this too is, you know, there are some people that are pointing to one individual and saying, well. I'm not going to do what the governor asks me to do. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of the governor. I think that's that's an understatement. <laughs> you um, think? I, not at all. <laughs> I mean, again, we'll say it again. We have one Hall of Famer in the donkey of shame, and he happens to be sitting in the governor's mansion in Olympia right now. He's earned it. <clears throat> but at the same time, if you base your decision because somebody you don't like tells you that you should be doing something and you ignore everything else around it and just focus on that one individual, then your intentions are misplaced and your reason for not wanting to do it is misplaced because the all the empty businesses around here, he's not going to open them because he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to move us into another phase. It's up to us to do it. And he could just sit back there all day and watch and laugh and go, they're doing exactly what I thought they were going to do. They're so predictable in the Tri-Cities. They hate me so much that they're going to spite themselves because they don't like me, and I'm going to sit back and I'm going to laugh. I tell you, I don't think that's what's happening. I don't think it's what's happening, but very simply you could say that Hey, I'm the governor. These are the rules. If you don't go by the rules, I don't have to do this. Yeah, it's but, up to you guys to make the make, make the motion forward. It's for you to put the action in place to convince me to move you forward. And well, that that's the root of the of the proposal that I pitched to him yesterday. I mean, you know my politics. I'm transparent. I've been around for a while. I think everybody who knows me knows pretty much I'm not a big fan of the governor either. Um but that is not the issue here. This should never be a matter of politics. It should be a matter of 
what's best for the for the health of our our citizens and for the health of our economy. And candidly, it has to be in that order because you don't get the second one if you don't get the first one. And, uh, you know, the the governor is in a position to say, I'm not going to open it up. But I believe coming out of the meeting that he he was uh, genuinely listening to what we had to say. And I think the proof of that will be, you know, over the next however many days or weeks, uh, I believe he left here with some perspective that he certainly didn't have coming in. I think he heard some things he didn't expect to hear. And I'm still holding out hope that, um, you know, he goes back to Olympia and he starts filtering through all this. And he says, you know, maybe maybe there is something we can do. I don't know. But uh, um, we certainly said our piece, uh, those of us in the room, the mayors, the county commissioners, the, the medical professionals. Uh, I don't think anybody held back. And I don't know if the governor was surprised by that or not, but he certainly left with plenty of information. And I think the, the, just to round that out, I think the bottom line was we essentially gave him a choice. We can play it your way and wait until our numbers get better and then you let us open up in the meantime we're going to pay a big price for that or you can let us open up sooner rather than later and prove to you that uh that we can handle this i'm hoping he goes for the latter and uh jury's still out i think within a week certainly uh we'll probably have some indication as to whether or not uh, he's had any kind of a change of heart he didn't signal that when he left certainly or before he left yesterday i'm curious uh and maybe this is a complete shot in the dark, but I'm just thinking, and trust me, I know there's plenty of people, uh, plenty of people that think this way that listen to this show and have voiced this opinion on our show in the past that, uh, again, they're not going to do anything that the governor says because I don't like the governor. Could it? Could we turn this around, Commissioner Peck, and say, what if we could be successful by doing this? That would really show him. You know, that I mean, that might be the best if you really believe that that the governor is doing this because he doesn't like the people over here and that the politics are in play. Wouldn't the best revenge be to lower our case counts and give him no reason not to open this up? Well, Could that be a way of it's yeah. a backhanded way, yeah. I know, but to maybe get more people on board with that thought that, uh, you know, that might be that might be the best thing. For some people to to you know yeah. hang their hat on. Well, essentially that was that was at the core of my my proposal to him was, look, you know, let us prove you wrong. If there isn't a better rallying cry for the people of the Tri Cities who have a personal dislike for the governor, I don't know what you know would be a better rallying cry to to step out there and to to all do our part and wear masks out of respect for others and demonstrate to them that hey, Gov, you're you're wrong. We can we can handle this. Absolutely. Going to take a time out. This is the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Franklin County Commissioner Brad Peck in studio with us. Um, social distancing. Don't worry. There's plenty of room in here for everybody to be six feet apart or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. We have a ruler. Yes, <laughs> sweet. I thought it was a tape measure. Eh, either way. One of those. Sometimes old school. Depends on the day. That's right. Back with more after this.
back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509 547 1610. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA, final few minutes on your Wednesday afternoon. And we look, we've all seen more people back out on the roads and. If you're thinking that your auto insurance isn't quite where it needs to be, contact Jason Hogue with American Family Insurance, the only American Star Certified Rated Agent with American Family Insurance in the Tri-Cities. They've got adult and safe driver programs. Earlier this year, when COVID-19 was deemed a pandemic, they gave their customers $50 back per car that they had insured with American Family Insurance. And beginning today, 10% off their premiums on auto insurance for the rest of the month. Find out how American Family Insurance can take care of you by contacting Jason Hogue today at jasonhogue.com. So we have a couple of emails that uh, our listeners would like Commissioner Peck to answer. We'll start with Brock. Ask Commissioner Peck if the cause of CV-19 could be due to migrant farm workers coming into the area. I don't think the cause, but maybe the increase in cases. Uh, We have no information on who's getting the virus. If this is true, then if you compare our rates of virus infection with another county that doesn't have migrant workers, then it may not have anything to do with masks or distancing. And it's Brock and Richland. Well, I think you start with the premise that if the virus isn't existing, then it can't be transmitted. So somebody's got to bring it in, right? Uh, the number of people that bring it in obviously affects the potential for transmission. Earlier in the, in the broadcast, I talked about looking at our three counties, Yakima, Benton, and Franklin, and say, is there something about our counties that is different than, say, other cluster counties or, or other counties in the state? Why is our experience so different? Is it habits? Is it geography? Is it any number of things? And uh, yeah, I think it's a fair question, but I, I can't begin to tell anybody what the answer is. Uh, Certainly, I can speak for the fact that in Franklin County, the incidence of infection in the Latino community is disproportionately high for the percentage of our population. Now, it may be that we've not done a good enough job communicating in a bilingual fashion. It may be that work habits and cultures are different. It may be a whole bunch of things that I haven't even thought of. So I don't know what the answer is, but I I think the question is interesting and worth a study by people who are uh, more adept at that than me. Well, and we before you get to the next yeah. one, we that it, statewide that that's what we're seeing too. I mean, just looking at the numbers, this isn't disparaging against anybody, but no, uh, like you mentioned, not, not just in Benton Franklin County, but in Yakima, but statewide, the 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 percentage of Hispanics that are contracting the virus is is way high. It's it's Caucasians and Hispanics. Uh, yet Hispanics make up a very smaller, much smaller uh, portion of the overall population of the state. So that is out of whack. I mean, you would expect disproportionately high in Franklin County for sure. Yeah, and but but again, statewide. So where are the higher concentrations of Hispanics? Yakima, Benton, and Franklin County. Yeah. Again, that's not pointing well, a finger, and, but that's looking at a place to start. Maybe. Right. And I think that's one of the things that basic contract contact tracing can help us with. If you find out that there's a higher prevalence of infection in a particular community, you find out that they all uh, have a common uh, travel or association or something, then it might just be physical proximity. Uh, If it's some other population or ethnicity, maybe there's a a genetic predisposition. I have no idea. I don't think anybody does at this point. But it it is worth for those people who aren't actively dealing with providing care and 
so forth. I'm hoping there are people out there in the periphery who are studying these broader questions. Jerry shot us an email regarding the question about virus, the virus possibly increasing during the protests. Uh, if so, is Seattle in phase two? Well, King County is in phase two. Uh, they moved, I believe they moved into phase two during the whole CHOP situation, if I remember correctly. You know, they moved into 1.5 yeah. a while ago. Okay, I and think you I might be right. I remember seeing they moved into two as yeah. the whole CHOP thing was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, when you have, you know, tens of thousands of people protesting in the street, I don't think there were tests, there were people with tests out there. So do we know for a fact that um, they're all from King County? No, they're probably not all from King County, and they're not all probably from Seattle. Uh, but... Can you point to all of that and say that could be a reason why we've seen an increase in cases around the state? Yeah, you can. Because there were no other large mass gatherings happening other than that around Mm -hmm. the state. And we are seeing spikes now on the timelines as to where laying over from these mass protests and thousands upon thousands of people on top of each other in the streets, not a large percentage wearing masks. Yes, this is what you're seeing. Um. And we also received an email from David for the public good. How about mandatory immunization? Well, Washington State did put that into effect, I believe, in this last legislative session after the measles outbreak mm-hmm. that took place in Clark County uh, and spread to a number of other counties, mainly on the west side of the state. The legislature did pass mandatory vaccinations, uh, and uh, re- you do not have the ability anymore to opt out for religious purposes. Um, from a vaccination for your kids. So uh, mandatory immunization, that one's going to be interesting. We tried that in 76. It didn't work out too good. Well, but, we've got to get the right the vaccination first. Of course, in 76, it wasn't exactly, uh, it was rushed. Yeah. It wasn't It wasn't as tested as well as it should have been for side effects and so on and so forth. In 76, the mandatory vaccinations were a huge debacle by the Ford administration and was one of many reasons that led to his uh Loose loss of re-election, his, his attempt to be, be, actually his attempt to be elected for the first time, because he wasn't elected vice president or president, quite honestly. But um, that that debacle in 76 started the anti-vax movement. So, so Commissioner Peck, uh, Franklin County, joining us uh, this hour, we appreciate it. In our last uh, 30 seconds, uh, a message to not only your constituents, but, you know, the whole area. I, I think it's pretty simple. we we don't have a vaccine and herd immunity is not around the corner. So what that leaves us with is how do we curtail this thing so that we can get businesses open and people can get back to some reasonable semblance of, of their daily routines and lives. It's a mask folks. Kitsap County statistically has proven it. I think the arguments that masks don't work fall short. Uh, They may not work perfectly, but they're better than nothing. And lastly, I'd offer, you know, I, today I said in a press conference, I almost took a Sharpie and right across the front of my mask, respect, because that's what this thing is. It's respect for your own health. It's respect for your family members, because you may bring it back home. It's respect for the citizens around you. So wear a mask. Mask up so we can open up. That'll do it for the bottom line. News Radio 610-KONA this Wednesday afternoon. I would suggest sticking around after the afternoon report. To catch tonight's Cadillac on call as Jim Hall, along with guests from Cadillac, Benton Franklin Health District, uh, and others will certainly be talking about this tonight, as well as other aspects of how the COVID-19 pandemic is impacting the area. Afternoon reports next. Have a great rest of your Wednesday.